We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. No, no. No, I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back with you on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening with you, 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. And joining me in studio, I've got the Atlanta Gladiators that are here. I've got head coach Jeff Powell is here with me, Tyler Parks, their goaltender is here, and Dylan, is it Carabia? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Carabia. Okay. You can take a dollar out of my paycheck for all of that, so... Guys, so good to have you here. And listen, we were just kind of talking to break. We've got something. You guys have something really cool that's going on coming up on Friday the 16th. The Believe in Blue Land, kind of a throwback night. We're going to honor the Thrashers. And I know, you know, the Gladiators themselves, right, the last couple of years have kind of gone through. It's not the Gwinnett Gladiators anymore. There's been transformation of the uniforms, the name, and things like that. So Friday night, we're going to have basically a throwback, right? I mean, to what the Atlanta Thrashers were in this town. I think it's exciting. I mean, the bottom line is uh, there's a lot of history there. You know, we've all been around to see it. A lot of good players came through here, a lot of great people, and I- I've said before they should be remembered. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting night. Now, you guys are part of the ECLH, ECHL, right, and you guys are affiliated with the Arizona Coyotes as far as the NHL goes and then the uh, Tucson Roadrunners out there. One of the things that I always enjoyed about Gladiators games is it is a little bit more physical. Like, it's a little bit, you know, guys are trying to make a name for themselves coming up through the system. I mean, what are some of the differences between, let's say, like double-A hockey and as you move up through the ranks into some of the other leagues? Yeah, I think, obviously, being a a double-A affiliate, um, I think, obviously, guys are trying to make it. Guys are trying to prove themselves day in and day out. So, I think... Uh, that's something that the fans can enjoy. You know, everyone's playing for their job every night. Everyone's playing, you know, to move up to the next level. So it's very competitive, especially uh, being in the South Division like we're in. Uh, the standings are super tight. Standings are really close. And like I said, everyone's everyone's trying to move up. Everyone's trying to win games uh, to make the playoffs. How long have you guys both been in professional hockey now? This is my second year professional, first mm-hmm. in this league. Nice. Yeah, this is uh, my seventh year professional, so I've, I've been around a while. What's the goals? I mean, obviously get to the NHL, but, I mean, you've been around for seven years now. Yeah. What What do you see your pathway going to? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, obviously, uh, I'm on, actually on a contract with uh, Tucson uh, up there, mm-hmm. but um, obviously um, I'm sent down here, and I'm just trying, to, just trying to do whatever I can to help the team here to win games and uh, obviously, my goal is to just go as far as I can and keep moving up. But, um, yeah, I try to do that every game, just make sure, you know, I play with that drive and, and play with that intention to move up every game. Coach, when you're at this level of hockey, what are the big things you're trying to get done at this level? I mean, obviously winning and things like that. I mean, that doesn't matter if you're playing tiddlywinks. I mean, you're always trying to win. 
But what are some of the things you're trying to accomplish with guys at this level? Um, the biggest thing for me is development. Um, I know we're here to win, and if I do it the right way, I mean, they're, the biggest thing to me is I don't want these guys, uh, this is where they get the most opportunity to play. In the American League, their time is shorter, so when they get up there, there's that window of opportunity. They've got to be ready, so I want them detailed. I want them to be smart defensively, and they, I've been told by every, everybody that sends a guy down, like, make them responsible in their own end. Everybody can skate, everybody's got skill. But can you think the game? Can you make the right choices when you're under pressure? So I try to teach them to think the game, play smart, work as hard as you can when you have to, when not, make good decisions. And if they do that, some, more, some doors will open up for them, and then I hope that when they get those opportunities, they take advantage of them. I don't know if you guys played college hockey, high school, but obviously now that you're at the professional level, I would have to imagine, like anything, we hear this in baseball, anything, that the skill set of these guys – now it's not just some, you know, jamoke that's, you know, getting through high school or even just kind of there in college. The skill level of these guys now has to be something that's got to be tough to adjust or just something that probably catches you right away of, oh, these guys are all really good now. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, the training that's gone over the past few years um, has really excelled. And um, from youth hockey all the way up to professional leagues, you know, you see, you, like you said, the guys that play uh, physical and, and like to fight, they have skill now too. So, um, you know, everyone's jobs is uh, on the line, and um, it's, it just makes the game better. Do, do you find that as well, like the skill level of these guys now getting up through these ranks? It's like, okay, every time I move up, I'm seeing more and more guys that are outstanding players coming at me. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, you know, especially this level, it's uh, details is, is going to set you apart from everyone else, you know, making sure that you come to work every day. You know, the season's a grind, playing so many games. Uh, like we just got done with three games in three days, you know, that's tough on the body, but just making sure mentally that you're ready to go every night because every night's going to be a battle. We've got the Atlantic Gladiators in studio with us. They've got Believe in Blue Land that is coming up on Friday, December 16th. That's this coming Friday. Uh, we're going to have, they're going to be called the Thrashers by the PA system. We're going to have T-shirts on sale, rally towels, everything that you want. You can buy tickets online at AtlanticGladiators.com. Coach, is it Brian Snitker went through this, the Atlanta Braves manager, about he got to coach a lot of these young guys before they all came up, and now he's the major, oops, sorry, he's the major league manager and World Series champion and all that. How much fun is it for you to get your hands on young guys and mold and develop and kind of shape their game? Like that, that to me, you seem like one of those guys, like teaching and things like that is a lot of fun for you. I absolutely love it. Uh, to be able to, like, I, I played quite a while, and to be able to pass that on, and uh, I got to be a dink sometimes when I do it, but I'm doing it for their their own good, you know. And I tell them, you don't give them any kind of forearm shiver or anything like that, do you, Coach? Uh, I'm an elbow guy okay. when I get okay. mad. So, all right. Um, but it frustrates me when when I care more for these guys than they do, or I care more about their future than they do, and I don't think that's the way it is. But uh, this is an opportunity to be an athlete, and if you don't take advantage of it. Um, you're missing a great opportunity. So I hold them accountable, and I tell them if they're going to hate me, they're going to hate me for the right reasons, so I can live with that. <laughs> what would you say, Dylan, is the toughest thing about playing at this level of, of hockey? Um, probably just the mental part of it. Um, everyone has the skill set to be here and to be successful, but just thinking the game, knowing where you're on the ice, knowing what you're going to do with it before you get the puck, it's probably the biggest thing and the biggest adjustment. Who have you molded your game after? Who's who's somebody that you've watched or grew up watching that you've kind of molded your game after or were a big fan of growing up? 
Yeah, uh, I'm a goalie, so uh, obviously growing up, I liked Patrick Waugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, um, following him, I think that I loved his competitiveness and every every game he came to play. So that's something I like. And then some of the new school era goaltending, like uh, Peke Rene, who played for the Nashville Predators, uh, he was someone I liked because he's a big guy like me. So kind of like to film that, use my feet like he does. Coach, I'm an old guy. Um, you know, again, the NHL is a – massively different league than even it was when I was a youth. I mean, and again, I can't say that I was in the eight-team league era of of youth, but the way the NHL has expanded, like when I was growing up, there were no such things as teams in Florida. Uh, there was no Arizona team. There was no teams in California and things like that. I mean, it is it is pretty interesting to see, like like most sports in, in North America, just how much expansion has happened, even in the NHL, and all of the unique markets that the NHL is in now. Yeah, when uh, I'm from Minnesota, so we had an expansion team. I think it was in 67 or mm-hmm. 68, somewhere around there. And so it was amazing for us to see that, you know, along with the other great franchises that were there at the time. And now you're going out to California. You're in the south in Texas, everywhere. And there's good hockey everywhere, and there's so much talent everywhere. And uh, it's it's just outrageous to see, you know, like you can watch highlight goals, highlight games every single night from any team. Um, so that's for me to be as old as I am and to watch it develop the way it has, not only in the NHL, but in every other league, in the kids' divisions. There's you know, great kids coming out of everywhere now, California, Texas, you know, everywhere. So I think that's exciting. Dylan, would you say that the pathway is easier, harder, the same as far as trying to get up through the ranks of NHL teams and organizations and things like that? I mean, do you find that there are stepping stones that you have an easier pathway now as the leagues have expanded, as there are more teams? Yeah, definitely. I mean, coming as a kid from Florida, you know, it's it wasn't really easy, but there's always a place to play, and right. it's f- about finding the right place to play and putting yourself in a good position so you can, you know, develop uh, mentally and in, in, in the game. So um, I, I found it with, with all these teams and, and different places and more leagues, it's definitely um, – you know, easier to obtain, but it's still never easy to get the job. You know, you still right. got to earn it and all that stuff. And there's so many good players and in, in all the leagues. Um, it's it's a great challenge. Tyler, you guys have been hot lately, four in a row, right? What's kind of the identity of this team? As you're the goaltender for this team, what do you think is the identity of this Atlanta Gladiators team? Yeah, as Coach said, I think kind of the details, kind of how he's hard on us about, you know, working hard, being responsible in the D zone, getting pucks deep, and then going to work. So I think that's our identity, you know, simplicity. We want to be, we want to be simple. We want to play fast. We want to create uh, offense on other teams' mistakes, and we want to play responsibly defensively as well. With you know guys buying in, blocking shots, you know, doing whatever they have to do. If they have to use the body, if they gotta, if they gotta fight, they gotta fight. You know, what I mean, it's it's whatever it takes to to get the job done and to win games. Yeah, coach, I would figure, you know, when when I look at these guys, you know, it's the love of the game. They're out there having fun. I mean, it's. It's a business, yes, because it's always a business of your professional, but it, they're not hardened by the business end of, of sports or anything like that. They still go out there and play for the love of the game. Like you can see, like these guys, you know, obviously just there's an enthusiasm and a love for going out there and playing, and that's got to be fun to watch as well. Well, it brings a tear to my eye that he says everything that I said. <laughs> Somebody's listening. Um, well, he said he's taking notes in your meetings. So. Yeah, well, the, the biggest thing for me, again, is like we want to be hard to play against. And everybody in our division knows we're hard to play against. Our power play is one of the best in the league. Our penalty kill is one of the best mm-hmm. in the league. 
So mentally, they believe it's going to be hard. And so I tell the guys, we got we got to prove that they got to come through us. You know, we're not going to give them games. And we're starting to buy into our systems a little bit more, and it's starting to show uh, on the ice. So what are the what are the other teams in your division? Where are they located at? I got three teams in Florida. Okay, team in Savannah, Georgia now. Okay, uh, team up in Greenville. So the travel isn't too bad right now. Bus trips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bus trips. Okay. How is that? It's good. It's good. It's been pretty easy lately. We've been playing a lot of home games, so not too much traveling. But I think, you know, obviously we went to Florida, so that was about eight hours. But other than that, it's been four hours to South Carolina, four hours to to uh, Savannah, two hours to Greenville. So it's it's been pretty easy so far. So it's got to be nice kind of playing hockey in the South, though, right? I mean, I know it's not the typical environment. I mean, but, you know, to those trips of bus trips, stuff like that, look – Greenville's not a hard trip. That's a nice little town. Florida's obviously not really snowy and icy at this time of the year. So I would think that there is a little bit of fun about playing in the South. And maybe it's not traditional hockey. But look, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. We we shoveled off the lake and we put our skates on and we played hockey there. But I, I'm, I'm not a fan of snow. So, you know, I would think that playing in the South, there's, there's some fun to that, right? Definitely. I think it's the best division to play in uh, for sure just because, you know, the weather is is unreal and – Sometimes we can. We were going to training camp with uh, flip flops and shorts, and it's hard to complain when you do that. Awesome, guys! We really appreciate it. Don't forget, coming up this Friday, Believe in Blue Land Night, Friday, December sixteenth. It is at Gas South Arena. Tickets are on sale. You can go to AtlantaGladiators.com. They're going to have all kinds of fun stuff going on there, as it's a throwback to the Atlanta Flashers. And guys, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and hanging out with me here. Good luck to you. Thanks, John. Go yep. Thrashers. Yep. Thanks for having us. You got yeah, it. Appreciate go it, guys. When we get back, we're going to talk to Chris Willis. Had a chance to catch up with him earlier as the Braves obviously made a huge trade and upgraded a catcher. We'll hear from Chris next. Chuck Reed, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show, live on this Tuesday evening with you as the Atlanta Braves make a news. No, it's not the signing of Dansby Swanson or anything like that, but they did make a huge move and upgraded a catcher. Got one of the best defensive catchers in all of Major League Baseball. A lot of moving pieces and parts involved in all of this. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's bring in our buddy Chris Willis. He, of course, covers the Atlanta Braves and managing editor for Battery Power SBN. You can check out all of his work.com. And as always, you can follow Chris at Chris underscore Willis. And Chris, as always, man, appreciate it. Maybe not the move that we were waiting for, but certainly I think a little bit of a surprise that the Braves have gone and grabbed themselves one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Yeah, I think uh, it pretty much came out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, also it's a, it's also a very big move as, as well. Um, you know, I really liked it for uh, what it's going to set them up for for the next two or three years. I think any time you can go get a guy caliber Sean Murphy, uh, you know, that's a that's a very significant trade. 
So let's read the tea leaves a little bit on this. So number one, do you think that, and I know you and I have talked about this, I'd love to have Travis Darno as a backup catcher for this team. Do you think they look at or Darno looks at that he, after this year when his deal is up, he'd still sign and stay with the Braves? Or do you think that this is a sign that he still thinks he can be a starter somewhere and maybe he moves on from the franchise? It'll be really interesting to see how they uh, divide up the uh, the playing time behind the plate. I think, you know, this uh, – this will help Murphy as well, just to kind of keep some of the wear and tear off of him. Uh, you know, I, I know they're very fond of Travis Darno. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos had just uh, raved about him last night, and, and uh, when he was discussing the trade, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see him re up and, and stay with the team. You know, and I, I think with the DH too, you know, there's going to be times you're going to see both of those guys in the lineup. So. Um, you know, obviously, I think Darno's workload's probably gonna gonna drop a little bit as he as he does get older. There's still a big enough role here for him. So, are, are we to I guess kind of assume that? And I'll get into I'll get into some comments that Double A made on our radio station earlier today. But do you think kind of the assumption is that they felt like Contreras wasn't improving enough or quickly enough to? to handle more of a bigger starting load defensively for this team? I think that was the biggest question. I mean, obviously, you know, when you talk about Contreras, the thing that jumps out is the bat. But just listening, listening to Alex talk last night, you know, he, he made it clear how how important the game planning, the defense, you know, the frame and all that, how high they value all that, uh, all those attributes. And, and that's something Murphy's got. You know, he didn't uh, he didn't say Contreras wasn't that, but I think when you look at Contreras, you can see it's pretty clear that he's a bat first uh, catcher. And uh, you know, at the, when they had the opportunity to get Murphy, you know, they they jumped at it. Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline, <clears throat> and I got the exact same sense because he said Double A said on our radio station today the same thing that they value first and foremost defense, calling a game, and things like that. And we know Contreras has had his ups and downs, but I think he certainly improved defensively. But I thought it was very interesting that he said, you know, the offense is kind of secondary. When you say all of that, you're pretty much saying that, okay, we don't think you are the guy that can handle the main role that we're looking for in catcher, even though you may end up being a young big bopper that could be in our lineup. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, I, I you know he he did point out that Contreras has gotten better and has worked really hard. You know, I remember um, hearing pitchers talk about working with Con- Contreras and very complimentary this year. Uh, but again, you know, Murphy's at a level that they probably don't Contreras can get to. You know, offensively, I think Williams going to have a nice career, whatnot. But you know, and he'll he'll be a good catcher in this league. But I think that's just it. Just speaks to how good. Um, they think Sean Murphy is uh, defensively, and then, you know, he's no slouch at the plate either. You know, I I'm, I brought up the fact on my podcast that, you know, eight, 16, 18 homers, that number, much like we think with Matt Olson, that number will probably go up playing in a better hitter's park because Oakland Alameda Coliseum is just a dreadful place to have to hit the baseball. But the number that really stuck out to me was 37 doubles last year for Murphy. That's a staggering amount for a catcher to have 37 doubles. So I, I, I said this. Let me tell you, if he hits 37 doubles with 20 homers here, Chris, 
he's going to drive in over 100 runs for this team with all those guys running around the bases for him. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, and I think that's something that everybody was kind of overlooking in this deal. You know, I saw a lot of comments that acted like, you know, they, they just, uh, they, they just punted the offense, but Murphy's, Murphy's got some tools there. And, uh, you know, as you said, Oakland hitting in Oakland for a right-handed hitter is, is, is brutal in a lot of ways. So I expect those numbers to go up. And like you said, the doubles, the doubles, the homers, you know, it was, it's impressive. Uh, you know, he was, he's an above average hitter for his career. I know a lot of people want to point to 2021 when he just hit 216, but I mean, he's, uh, he's been in another, uh, he's, you know, he's got a one, 113 weighted runs created plus for his career. And, uh, you know, so that makes him, that makes him an above average hitter when you look at the complete package. Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline as we talk about the Atlanta Braves trade of Sean Murphy. Um, you know, he he said this – I don't want to say that he said this deal kind of came out of left field himself, but he said he had heard the rumor – he would heard Murphy or, – or he's word on the pundits or something like that talking about Murphy coming here to Atlanta, and he's like, well, I hadn't talked to them in weeks or whatever like that. But, you know, I guess anytime you can upgrade your team, you upgrade your team, given the amount of – prospects and stuff they send back doesn't this send a clear message about look everything is win now for this franchise no matter what the move is it's about we got to win ball games and win the world series this year not wait not worry about the future but it's all about right now yeah i think so and um, um you know and i mean i think if you look back three years ago there's no way they trade um you know i mean if you remember the the complaints about about Alex for a long time was, you know, he just wouldn't trade a prospect. He wouldn't turn any of those minor league guys loose. And, you know, for good reason. I mean, that's most of the core that's on that major league roster now. But, you know, now that they've won a World Series, they're trying to get back. I think, you know, I think the situation's different. And, um, you know, I I, I think the good thing about this deal was, other than uh, Salinas, they didn't really trade none of those guys in the lower farm system. You know, a lot of the guys that moved – were guys that were already at AAA, were already on the 40-man roster. You know, there was going to be options issues there at some point, and they didn't have a clear path to a role in Atlanta. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think, you know, cashing in some of those chips for a guy that can make you better, I think it's a no-brainer. So I guess the next thing is probably in a week or two we'll see that uh, Murphy signed a seven-year extension. I'm guessing it's probably what the next thing we're going to hear. I was kind of waiting all day for that, you know. That's what that's kind of what happened with Matt Olson. But uh, you know, I haven't seen any rumblings or, or heard anything there yet. But uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, you know if they try do try to approach him with a with an extension. I saw where uh, I think it was Buster Olney or somebody was putting out there that the Braves weren't going to entertain calls for Max Fried and things like that. You know, you and I have talked about this, and I keep bringing this up that you know he's. He's going to get a pile of money now. And we talk about Dan's being what he's going to cash in for. Wait do you have a 175 strikeout left-handed pitcher with an under three ERA and see what kind of money that gets you. Hell, look at what Verlander and, and these guys and Scherzer and these guys are getting now on the marketplace. You think that Max Fried is a guy that they're going to back the dump truck up and give him a bunch of money? You think they're going to wait until he gets close to free agency? It was interesting to read that they pretty much said that they are not entertaining any talk about moving Max Fried at all. Yeah, that, I think Buster was responding to something that was said on MLB Network early this morning. Um, you know, I don't think they're looking to trade Max Fried. Uh, I am, I am a little, 
skeptical that that, that they're going to try they're going to sign him just because you know when you look at all the all the deals they've handed out Spencer Strider is the only pitcher uh, you know that they've locked up and and I think Max is going to like, as you pointed out he's going to command a high a high number but he's also going to be hitting free agency a little later um, in the process I think he'll be over 30 when he when that does happen so you know I think if if, if something if everything just went terrible this year you know, and they were out of it by the trade deadline, yeah, and sure, maybe they do listen on Freed and maybe some other guys too, but, you know, at that, you know, if thing, if they're if they're anywhere close to what we think they're going to be, you know, I just don't see any way they'll move Max Freed. And, uh, you know, now whether he stays long-term, you know, I think that's another question. Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. All right, let's ask about Dansby. I, I get the real sense that, they are planning on life without Dansby Swanson. You know, a lot of talk about Grissom. You hear a lot of, like, low rumors about, you know, the Elvis Andruses of the world and things like that. It really does feel like, look, Dansby's a free agent. He's technically not a brave. And it feels like that they're kind of really planning on life without him. Maybe they do sign him, but it certainly feels like that they are making plans to move ahead that he's not here. Yeah, it does certainly uh, kind of feel like that. I mean, I wouldn't completely close the door on it. Uh, but, you know, if you just kind of look at the landscape for the shortstop position, I mean, Dansby's going to be in position probably to get a little bit more money than what everybody was thinking at some point. Maybe, you know, maybe he values playing at home. Maybe he leaves a little money on the table. But, you know, there may be a bigger offer out there that he just simply can't walk away from. Um, you know, I mean, where the Braves go from there, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, it does certainly feel like you know they're kind of they're kind of laying the groundwork and uh, preparing for to move on without him. Last thing for you, Chris. Uh, let's talk about our favorite subject, uh, and I say that jokingly about Marcelo Zuna and that contract <laughs> that he's got. Um, look, I think the Braves, if they make a trade, are going to have to eat a lot of that money. But if you can't find a dance partner, and I'll be honest with you, not just his off the field, but his on field production. Again, I've said. This is the St. Louis Cardinals version of, of Azuna. He's a one-trick pony. Not saying this trick isn't valuable, but how willing do you think that they are that if they had to eat a bunch of money, which who knows? I mean, they by the time they get if they get Dansby signed, this, that, and the other, they may be looking at luxury tax, you know, and, and you eat a bunch of money and you don't have a player. How much do you think that they're willing to eat or do you think that they try to do any sort of reclamation project with Ozuna and, and give him a shot come spring and see if he can make the ball club? I think that'll be really interesting. You know, I think there is a good chance that he may still be with the club on, during spring and it may come down to how he, you know, how he performs. I thought it was notable last night when Alex and thought was talking about uh Murphy possibly getting, or, or Darno, either one getting DH at bats. You know, Marcelo Zuna was never mentioned. Um, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't think that he's in the plans for left field. Obviously, we've already seen how that's uh, worked out in the past. So, you know, I do wonder if, uh, you know, he's going to have to, you know, earn his way, earn his spot on this roster. But, you know, again, like you and I have talked plenty of times, I just feel like if they can save any of that $37 million, then they'll probably they'll make that trade even if they have to you know if, even if they have to uh, pay ninety percent of it you know just to just to cut bait and move on. 
It's a lot of money, man. I'll tell you, that's a lot of lot of money they have to eat, but it kind of is what it is. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Willis. He's the managing editor for Battery Power. Batterypower.com is where you check out all of his work covering the Atlanta Braves. Join us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Chris, always, buddy, appreciate it, man. We'll talk again here because I got a feeling we still got several moves to, uh, to happen for the Braves, so always appreciate the time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thanks. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. To be a part of the show, Odyssey app site, catch us on the go. Social media, 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316, at underscore Dylan Matthews. All right, we got a whole bunch of stuff we still got to get into. So let's not forget, 1020, 1040, excuse me, 1040 tonight is Rankum. So if you got a list, hit us up with a Rankum list. Um, we'll get to what's bugging Chuck right here in just a couple minutes. But I want to thank the guys from the Atlanta Gladiators. Fun stuff. Uh, good group of guys. Listen. Um, they're almost sold out for Friday night. So if you're interested in going to Gas South Arena, it's right there off Sugarloaf Parkway. It's where the Gwinnett Gladiators played and, and Gwinnett Arena and all that good stuff over there. But the Atlanta Gladiators, it's Believe in Blue Land Night this Friday, December 16th. Tickets are available at atlantagladiators.com. They're going to have Thrashers T-shirts for sale. They're going to be called the Thrashers by the PA uh, in arena and on the broadcast. Uh, they're going to have rally towels for the first 2,500 fans. Um, the Gladiators themselves are going to be wearing the Navy T-Bird Thrashers jerseys. So if you remember the old Navy Thrashers jerseys, the guys are going to be wearing those uh, as well. So it's going to be a fun night, a fun throwback night. Um, they're almost sold out. So if you want to get there, uh, look, high school football's over, right? Um, the Hawks are in Charlotte, so they're on the road, right? Okay? There's no Falcons. You don't have to get up and watch college football on Saturday morning or make a road trip or anything like that. Head on out to the Gladiators game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to go there. Uh, I already talked to my daughter, and it's me and her group of friends and all that stuff, so we'll be there. So should be a lot of fun. But, again, AtlantaGladiators.com. Get your tickets there for the Believe in Blue Land. It's really a throwback and in, in honoring of the Atlanta Thrashers. And, uh should be a lot of fun there. So my thanks to my thanks to the guys, uh, to Tyler, uh, Dylan, and the head coach Jeff Powell for coming in and being a part uh, of the show. So a lot of fun there. Um, like I said, we got Rankin coming up at ten forty. We'll uh, we'll hear from Tori McElhaney again at nine forty with you. We got that's life coming up. All kinds of stuff going on. Hey, want to remind you too, Hawks fans, we got a new podcast, Nothing But Nest. My guys, Caleb Johnson and Deshaun Tate. So I got to see both of those guys at the at the Conti Christmas party. 
Uh, nothing but Ness is free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast from. It's all your information you need to know about the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, it was a good time, by the way, on Saturday night. It's the first time we've done the Conte Christmas party in a few years. So a um, few people not there. Freaky wasn't there. Freaky, I know, had something uh, going on. So Freaky was not able to be a part to, of the festivities. But uh, John people. Freaky? Yeah, him. But Hugh Douglas was out there. Hugh Douglas was there just long enough to make an appearance and then have nobody know that he left. Like, I didn't know that he left. At least Randy Mack gave the the Randy Mack wave, and he left. But Hugh didn't even give the wave or anything like that. I, he was there. I talked Shut to Hugh. Shut up, Chuckery. Yeah. He, he was there, and I talked to him for a few minutes. At least Randy did this. He gave the old Randy Mack wave. He gave the Randy Mack wave, and then he was out. Shut up, Chuckery. Yeah. He was gone. So, I expect that out of Randy. Randy at least gave you the wave. But Hugh just... He was in, he was out, and was there for a few minutes. And To, to defend Hugh, he he did say he, he it was a quick, I'm out, y'all, all right, I'm out, y'all. But I, I saw Hugh leave, and I told him bye. He, so you you had to be in the room, though. If you weren't in the room, then he he wasn't going to seek you out. If you, okay. were, if you were on his way out, then he would have said but, something. Uh, but the rest of us <laughs> kind of hugged and said our goodbyes sure. and all that, right? I mean, yes. a lot of fellowship and camaraderie. You know, and Randy, Randy I expect a wave. Right. I expect a, you know. Asta lasagna, don't get any on your wave. I expect him to do that. Freaky, we know, couldn't be there. Carl couldn't be there. But, you know, Hugh could have at least said, John Freaky? Yeah, him. He could, you know, Hugh could have at least said, you know, all right, tell everybody, all right, I'm out. You know, walk out of the garage. Hey, see you guys. You know, not all that, but nothing. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh got some food. He showed up, said what's up, got some food, and then he left. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Hugh drank either. Like, I don't know. No, think he, he did. Yeah, he, he'll, he did. he'll drink at home, but he won't drink out and about. I've actually. Believe it or not, I've been with Hugh for drinks. Hugh and I have had drinks. I bet Hugh goes hard. Well, we didn't go hard, but yeah. I mean, we we went to McCray's over here after Georgia Tech's spring game one year and and grabbed some drinks and some food and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you got you know, I drove him, so I mean, it wasn't no big deal. But you, know, you just have to earn that trust with Hugh. So that's right. Yeah, and listen, and not many people besides you have that trust with them. That's true. You know, that's true. I'm not freaky. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not freaky for it, but John Freaky, yeah, him. Um, so anyway, uh, it was it was a fun time at Conti's Christmas party. Um, it's kind of our one shot that we all get together since we don't really we don't really do anything with our radio station any other time of the year. Yes, we have some, you know, like a you know even like the company Christmas party and stuff like that. We don't, not everybody really goes to that. Conti's Christmas party is the one thing that everybody tries to show up for. Fun fact. This Conti Christmas party was my first ever Conti Christmas party. Yes, because the wow. first time I was invited, uh, it was the year before it got shut down because of COVID. I was the best man in the wedding in a wedding, so I couldn't go. So, um, so you've been to as many of his parties as you have been to producing the show, <laughs> huh? For for this week, yes, oh, that's okay. correct. Okay, but um, I've produced this show at, at least may, I don't know if it's been a hundred times, but it's been a lot over the course of my a uh, hundred. For your career, I mean, I got the folder. I got a folder I mean, for every I, time I, I produce. I know I've done hundreds of shows, but I don't know if I. I don't know with Dylon that that there's you know. I feel now, like I've if, at least done if you seventy five. If you said it's a combination of Dylon, Day Day, Josh Hartnett, <laughs> Dom DeLuise, Garrett, um, Eric, um, then yes. If, if if I combine you and the other five part time producers. <laughs> Then yes, we've done a hundred shows uh, together. So yes, no, me. just me, D- Dylon producing has done yeah, it at Hawks least seventy five. Hawks games don't count as a show for us. No, okay? I know. I'm talking about the full four. Right, right. Hawks, Hawks, 
doing it. No, no. I'm, you running the Atlanta Hawks or the Atlanta um, Atlanta United board does not count as a show. Okay. Now that you've run a hundred times, but I don't know about a show. But again, if we yes, if I combine Eric and Hartnett and everybody else, then then yes, yes, we we've we've had a hundred shows combined with you and five other part time producers. Yes, I would agree. We have a hundred shows under our belt. Oh, and Jarvis. I have to include Jarvis uh, in all that. So anyway, but I know I'm I'm the a hole for all of it. All right, let's get to something we call what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for what's bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Can I tell you? Never let it be said that the NBA isn't a cash cow. I didn't know that this was the actual fine for this. But Trey Young, after hitting the shot that won the game for the um, Hawks on Monday against the uh, Chicago Bulls, he threw the ball into the crowd. And he was fined $25,000 for that. Now, I, I didn't see the throw into the crowd. I could understand... If he reared back like he was J.R. Richard and he threw a fastball at somebody's noggin, then I could understand. Like, if he took it and he threw it, like, right at somebody, yes, then I could understand a $25,000 fine or something like that. But just arbitrarily throwing a ball in the stands after after a game is twenty-five k. Can I tell you? They must have one hell of a Christmas party at the NBA offices with all of the fines. You can. I know, I know. It all goes to charity. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was that, are we on air still? Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't know if we were on air or not. So I understand. It it all goes to charity and all that. Blah 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 blah. Because they take it right out of your check. I mean, the fine comes right. Out. It's not like you fly up to New York. Pull out a wad of cash because that's what Trey could do, and just you know start counting. I would I would tell them not to take it out of my check. I'd fly up to the NBA offices and bring in rolls of pennies, twenty five thousand dollars worth of pennies. I would bring it out there and I would count it in front of somebody. I'd count it in front of uh, Adam Silver or somebody, or I don't even know who's this, who's the flunky or toady that probably handles all that. I'd count it out in pennies to them, but I did not realize that twenty five thousand bucks is the fine for throwing a basketball in the crowd after a game. Again, it's not like he took it like he was Nolan Ryan and reared back and threw a fastball at somebody. I'm sure he just kind of underhand just tossed it up in the crowd in a celebratory fashion. He said, quote, Sorry to the Hawks fans who got a chance to touch the game-winning ball. Didn't know I couldn't do that. Can't celebrate. S-H, you know what, anymore. Yeah, I understand. I, I, I again, 25000 bucks. I, I knew there's a fine, or I knew that there was some. You know, that's the way the NFL is. If you, it used to be in the old days, if you took the football, you scored a touchdown, and you threw it up in the crowd, they find you for all of that, right? They find you for all of that. I, 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 I knew that, but I didn't know at the end of a game where – you're coming off the court that they would find you for all that. How much does an NBA basketball cost? Hundred bucks? I mean, if that. Let's just say because 
they probably have like a military type of contract where it costs a hundred bucks for a basketball. Okay, where do they come up with twenty five grand? I, I I have a hard time believing that that was negotiated by the players' association, the union, and the league. That feels like a arbitrary league fine that they put out there. So, memo to all of my NBA players and coaches and everything that listens: do yourself a favor. Don't throw a basketball into the crowd or, you know, just huck a basketball into the crowd after a game or it's going to cost you twenty five grand. Oh, and you're going to help the NBA have a very Merry Christmas. Because, you know, oh, I excuse me, I forgot. I apologize. All of the money goes to charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I had something caught in my throat there for just a second. And that's what's bugging Chuck. All right. Uh, do you need me to go in there and push the button again, Dylan? I do not, but thank you for doing that on the last okay. break. Okay, you know, since i got to produce the show now, too. So does that count as one of your hundred where i got to come in and start pushing buttons back there? No, that's only for Peachtree football. Okay. Anyway, when we get back from the top of the hour, let's get to a Falcons flyover. We're here from the head coach, and I've got two interesting stats for you. One about a guy not playing. One about a guy who's been back for the last few weeks. It's all next. Chuck Rennickey Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.